The reading today is from Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 27. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to get royal power for himself and then return. He summoned ten of his slaves, and he gave them ten pounds, and said to them, do business with these until I come back. But the citizens of this country hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to rule over us. When he returned, having received royal power, he ordered these slaves, to whom he had given the money, to be summoned so that he might find out what they gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Lord, your pound has made ten more pounds. He said to him, Well done, good slave. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small thing, take charge of ten cities. Then the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has made five pounds. He said to him, And you rule over five cities. Then the other came, saying, Lord, here is your pound. I wrapped it up in a piece of cloth, for I was afraid of you, because you are a harsh man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked slave. You knew, did you, that I was a harsh man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put my money into the bank? Then when I returned, I I could have collected it with interest. He said to the bystanders, Take the pound from him and give it to the one who has ten pounds. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten pounds. I tell you, to all those who have, more will be given. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Gail, for reading the scripture this morning. As she was walking down, she said, have fun. (laughs) It's a difficult story. (laughs) Would you join me in prayer? Lord, may the words of our mouths the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, for you are our rock, our redeemer, our refuge and king. And all of God's people said, Amen. What a strange story. It doesn't end the way we think it will. It's an unusual one, and I'm going to stick to my notes today a little more than I normally do. As this story is rarely read, rarely taught, rarely preached, rarely included in worship, and rarely included in commentaries. So we thought we'd shake things up a little this morning and dust it off and see what God would have us do with it. If you've ever read a story called the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, then this one might sound in bits and pieces a little familiar. 
But let me say, this is not that story. That's the nice one. This one is not that. (laughs) And it's good to know the difference. This story is known as the parable of the ten pounds or the parable of the ten servants or the parable of the greedy and vengeful king. And so before we dig into it, it's good to note first a little more of the context. Where does it fall in the Gospel of Luke? And what's going on in the context of history when this story is told? So let's look. What comes just before this story in the Gospel of Luke? It is the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, hated and considered an outcast and a traitor by his fellow Jews. They hated him because he taxed them in taking their money to send it on to the oppressive Roman regime. Jesus, though, goes out of his way to befriend Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, in return, upon having met Jesus, decides to follow him and give away his wealth and repay anyone that he's ever cheated. Just after this story, what comes next? It's Jerusalem. It's when Jesus gets on a donkey and rides into the city of Jerusalem for the first time in the story that we know as Palm Sunday. And not long after that, Jesus is arrested and things continue from there. Do you remember in that parade, people clamor for Jesus to be king, but they don't understand what kind of king he will be. And people clamor for him to start his kingdom and overthrow Rome, but they misunderstand what kind of kingdom it will be. And it is good to know the difference. That's the context in the gospel, what's going on in history. Josephus, a first century historian, writes that people hearing this story would know what kings are like. Kings are those who come to conquer. That's what they know of them. Kings come to increase their power and wealth. The historian tells us that King Herod did just that. He went on to Rome to increase his power and wealth, and Rome made him king of Judea. His family was known for greed and cruelty and vengeance. And when he died, he left behind two sons who did not fall far from the tree. They also wanted to increase their family's power and wealth, and one of them went to Rome like his father had done, seeking the title his father had had, and a group of people went along to protest because they knew what it was like to live under this family's authoritarian rule, and they were punished for it. So people hearing this story know those stories from thousands of years ago and thought this was the way of a king, right? That is the normal way that a king establishes a kingdom and stamps out opposition to maintain control. Scripture says Jesus tells this story because he was near Jerusalem and because the people listening supposed that the kingdom of God was about to begin. Jesus wanted them to be able to recognize it when it did. And so the story starts. An ambitious nobleman or aristocrat goes off to seek to increase his title, his power, his wealth, and a crown. 
Before he leaves, he calls ten of his servants together and gives each of them a pound apiece. What's a pound worth? It's about a hundred days of wages. And after he leaves, then a delegation goes from that area to protest that this man should not be allowed to have any more power because he's frankly awful. And then the king, nevertheless, still gets that power and the crown and returns home. When he does, he calls together those ten servants and we hear about what happens to only three. It doesn't mention the other seven. The first one comes forward and says, I took that pound and turned it into ten. And he's rewarded with the authority to rule over ten cities. The second said, I took that pound and turned it into five. And he's rewarded with the power to now control five cities. The third returns to the king the same pound that had been given to him. Had wrapped it up and had not chosen to invest it. He was afraid of the king and knew him all too well to be someone who was harsh. And so he had returned the pound as it was. What was the response? The king says, why didn't you do anything with it? Take that money away from him and give it to the one who has the most. And then, as the story goes, all those who had protested the king's leadership, he wanted to be brought in before him and destroyed while he watched in vengeance. And that is the end of the story. What do we do with a story like that? I frankly almost changed the scripture passage (laughs) and thought, let's use the one in Matthew. (laughs) That one's a lot more nice. But then I thought, no, this is still scripture, right? So let's deal with it and dig in and see what it has for us today. It's not a pleasant story. What are we meant to do with it? I think it's first important to say what the story is not. Often when Jesus tells a story, he does it to tell what the kingdom of God is like. This is not one of those stories. It describes not what the kingdom is, but what the kingdom isn't. And often when Jesus tells one of his stories, he'll make one of the characters, like the king or the father, uh, an image of what God would be. This is not one of those stories. This story describes not what God is, but what God isn't. And it's good to know the difference. It is a story that says, if this is what you know of kings, this is not what I am about. Scripture says Jesus tells the story because they were so near Jerusalem. And Palm Sunday was about to start. So they needed to know that Jesus' way of being a king and Jesus' way of having and building and growing a kingdom would be very different from what they would expect. Jesus is a direct contrast to the king and the kingdom in this story. It's good to know the difference, right? The king in the story comes in the name of power and greed and vengeance. Jesus comes in the name of the Lord a God who abounds in steadfast love. The king in the story kills his opposition and destroys his enemies. Jesus will love them and tell us to do the same. Jesus will tell us to pray for them and he will do the same. 
And remember, not long after Jesus arrives in Jerusalem and he's praying in a garden, soldiers come and arrest him. And one of the disciples acts in protest and gets out a sword and cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers. And what does Jesus do? He heals it and tells the men to put away their swords. And not long after that, after he's sentenced and hanging on a cross, what are the words that he uses when he's faced with his opposition? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The king in the story comes in vengeance. Jesus comes in the name of the Lord. The king in the story is about acquisition and wealth. Jesus will teach us to give that away like he did with Zacchaeus in order to help someone in need. Jesus is the anti-king to the one described in the story. Some of the commentaries that I read about this passage draw attention to servant number three who chose to not invest the pound that was given to him. He was lifted up as the good example, as the one who recognized the difference between a king as he knew it and a king like Jesus would be. That put him in a very tight spot. It's an interesting way to look at the story. And I hadn't thought about it from that angle before because Matthew 25, that version was still in my mind. The first two servants in this story are rewarded with power for investing the king's wealth and making him richer. This servant was afraid because he knew all too well the nature and character of the greedy and vengeful king and his kingdom and chose bravely out of fear even, to not be part of investing in that and giving that any more gain. Essentially, he's the only one who got it right. And he knew what was worth investing in with his life and his heart and realized, though it put him at risk, it's good to know the difference when something is of God and when something is not. What's an example of that? You may know the story of Millard and Linda. Millard and Linda had been very successful investing in and building in a kingdom like the one described in the story. He had already earned his first million before the age of 30, and as he began to work on the next one, his wife said, you'll have to do that next one without me because I want no more part of it. He was beginning to spiral downward in his values and his priorities and his integrity and his character, and she didn't want to be part of that marriage anymore. And in the midst of all of that crisis, he went back to church. And lo and behold, when he did, he met the good kind of king and kingdom in which he wanted to invest his life. They became part of it. It's good to know the difference, right? They became part of that, invested their lives, became part of a Christian community. And what they began to do was give that wealth away and do something with it that they felt like would matter. And now, what we know is Habitat for Humanity 
is what they began at that time. And over 39 million people have been blessed by it. It's good to know the difference, right? In what we invest ourselves. How about another story? A friend of mine was a little girl a long time ago. And she grew up in a family that was very difficult. And her parents took her to a church. But they didn't live like it. And the girl was told in that church that God is like a father, but all she knew of a father was one who repeatedly hurt her in ways we don't want to discuss. And she wanted nothing to do with a God who was like a father if that's what a father was. And she didn't yet know the difference. After a very difficult time, as things got worse, a social worker stepped in and helped move her to this wonderful, loving foster family who also went to church. It was a different one. And she began to be surrounded by adults who loved her and a parent who loved her like a mom and a parent who loved her like a really good dad. And she began to know the difference, right? And she began to invest herself. She was afraid to invest in that and held her heart back. But here... She could invest with all her life. And she dug in, and she is a Christian now, and she has given her life to Jesus Christ because now she knows what it's like to be loved in ways that we need to be loved. And it's good and what a gift to know the difference. She grew up to be a social worker and has impacted the lives of more kids than I can count by sharing the love of God with them and making sure they have a safe home in which to do that. This is a strange story, isn't it? People were leaving the first service saying, I'm going to still be thinking about that this week. This is a story rarely heard that we hear in Jesus' voice today. How might Christ use it in our lives What might Christ do with it in us? Perhaps he'll use it like he did in those early days to get our attention so that we hear it and begin to discern when something is of God and when it is not. So here's the question. In what kind of kingdom are we investing our lives and our hearts and our souls How do we recognize the kind of kingdom that Jesus comes to build and is still building through us by God's grace? It is good to know when something is of God and when it is not. And when leaders focus on control or greed or vengeance like the king in the story, that does not sound like God. When leaders focus on harm instead of help, that does not sound like God. When leaders focus on what we can get instead of what we can give, that does not sound like God to me. I forget myself sometimes in the news, in this mixed up crazy world. Sometimes that in which we need to invest with our hearts gets mixed up too. So, Jesus taught us that when we have trouble discerning which kind of kingdom is which, there's a litmus test that we can use. 
He said, everything hangs on these two things. Maybe you know what they are. Is it about loving God? Is it about loving our neighbors? Then we know it is of God. Help us, Lord, to know the difference when it's not. And help us to invest in that with our hands and our feet and our hearts and our words. And Lord, help us to give all that we have and all that we are to what you are about in this place. Lord, help us to give ourselves and invest ourselves in you. Amen and amen.